Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Please be advised that Gen X This Is Why contains adult language. There are sentences that I have written down in this summary that I never want to write again. Nouns and verbs that should just not be together. (laughs) Hi, and welcome to Gen X This Is Why presents Blockbusters, the podcast where we re-examine the sometimes bizarre and often scarring movies of our shared childhood. My name is Amy, and I'm a proud Gen Xer born in 1977. And I'm her sister Jenny, born in 1974. Today, Howard the Duck. Jenny, is there a description? Yes. The one (laughs) sentence on Amazon is, from executive producer George Lucas and Marvel Comics. Wow. Comes this hilarious comedy about a fast-talking, cigar-chomping, beer-loving duck from a parallel universe who crashes to Earth. Okay. Jenny, did you have any housekeeping you'd like to address? Uh, I was just going to ask how your group is going. Okay. So we recently opened the Mimi Bees, M-E-M-E-B which is our Facebook group. And I'm proud to say we have seven members. Uh, Do you have a lot of friends here? Are you getting friends with that? Three of them are your friends. (laughs) (laughs) So join our Facebook group where you can talk about the things that are on our pod. You could talk about the material we're covering. And you can also just talk about all things Gen X in there. It's a safe space for you Gen Xers. Safe space away from Howard the Duck. Oh, God. Let's get some questions out of the way. First of all, did an adult write this? (laughs) Was Andrew Dice Clay on set (laughs) as a consultant? Um, Uh, I get into that later. What? How this happened? I mean, how did this happen? How does this have four and a half stars on IMDb? Well, I don't know where that came from because on Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic, it has like the lowest scores of all time. So it's a disaster. I I mean, don't forget Amazon wasn't around like this came out later. There are sentences that I have written down in this summary that I never want to write again. (laughs) Nouns and verbs that should just not be together. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's start. Shall we, Jenny? Yeah. We open on what looks to be a city like maybe New York City, but there's two moons in the sky. So we know something's not right. So Amy. 
Yeah. Did you understand science enough to get that we were on a different planet? Oh, it was pretty heavy handed. (laughs) This is the kind of science I can follow. (laughs) We open on a disheveled apartment and some sexy music that has no place in a movie with a duck. And that sentence I'll write several times. A duck enters the apartment and it looks like he just got off of work. We're in duck world. Everything in his apartment is duck. He plays the messages on his answering machine and they are from his mother, some bro named Jim, and a sexy woman asking him to come over. I have some thoughts here. So, like, first of all, they're trying to set up the scene. Like, this is, I hate to use the term that this is sci-fi, but I guess it's supposed to be, right? We're on a different planet. I guess. So, like, we're on a different planet. What are the chances that everything... Mm-hmm. It's going to be exactly the same as Earth, except ducks instead of apes yep. evolve. Yep, I thought like the, the same thing. The male's the same. The clothes are the same. The keys the are the same. The pop culture is the same. Yes. Yeah, it was weird. This is parallel universe, people. This is not another planet. Right, so it was like, um, what's my favorite show where they go to the Quantum Leap? Sure. Parallel universe. That's your favorite show? From this time period, my favorite sci-fi show, yes. I also really enjoyed Sliders. That was like the one or two sci-fi shows you watch. Okay. The duck's name is Howard, and we see a band poster, Howie and the Heartbreakers, on a wall over a guitar. And I wrote, Jesus, this just keeps getting weirder. Is that supposed to be Huey Lewis in the News? Is that I who he is? So. I oh, think so. Oh, he's Huey Lewis. I totally. loved Huey Lewis in the News. You I loved, loved them. them. Nerd. Howard plops in a recliner with a cigar and a beer and turns on the television. And after finding nothing to watch on TV, he whips out a play duck. Did you see on the TV the commercial Crazy Eddie? Yep. Yep. This <laughs> is something. <laughs> Suddenly things start to shake and I honestly <laughs> thought he was jerking off. And I was like, yeah. no, <laughs> no. Oh my God. But no, he's being whipped through a wormhole of sorts and suddenly he lands in Cleveland, Ohio. And if you didn't know it was in Cleveland, Ohio, there's a factory that says Cleveland something something all over it behind him. And there was some kind of little like cosmos scene interjected in between because then that's when they tell you it's an alternate reality they kind of explain it but i was a little relieved then because i'm like all right i could buy an alternate reality this movie suffers from telling us things we don't need to know and not telling us things we do need to know howard lands in a recliner in a factory in cleveland and is immediately surrounded by the lost boys It kind of was like the Lost Boys. I thought I saw Kiefer Sutherland there. (laughs) Cindy (laughs) Popper's gang of misfits. It is definitely the 80s, like, glam rock Cleveland theme. The only indication we have that they are, quote, bad, is the woman is wearing pink fishnet tights, and they're wearing leather, and a man snarls. (laughs) That's how we know they're bad. The gang doesn't freak out that there's a three-foot talking duck who just (laughs) fell from the sky in front of them. They simply scoop him up and take him to a nearby bar where Leah Thompson's band is playing. And they throw him at, like, I think the guy is Beaker, is that his name? From Ghostbusters? From the Muppets? No, no, no. Ghostbusters. What's his name? (laughs) Because I think he was in it, too. Ghostbusters. Oh, Howard Zemeckis, is that his name, his real name? Sure. Oh, God, here go, here I go, my memory. All right, so anyway, Leah Thompson's band is playing behind a cage. Because, they of course, are they are. terrible. They're terrible. 
terrible. Immediately, Howard is tossed out of the bar and this big chase scene ensues where he's running through some back alleys. And some people, like a homeless woman, have appropriate reactions to this human-sized duck. But others, like a motorcycle gang, just try to hurt him in some way. Yeah, and they all have crimped hair. They all have crimped hair. At one point, Howard falls onto the basket of a motorcycle or the handlebars. Yes, it's on a basket of the motorcycle. It's something. And two women driving the bike look like the cast of Cats the Musical. <laughs> oh my god, it does. It totally is Cats the Musical. They toss him off of the bike and he lands in a garbage can and falls asleep. The horrible song, Hunger City, which Leah Thompson is singing at this point, is still playing in the background. I mean, who hasn't slept in a trash can? <laughs> it's actually like a five-gallon drum. It's not like a real trash Yeah, it's can. like one of those industrial like oil containers. There's a lot of that kind of motif around. Industrial? Yes. But like in a bad 80s way yes. and not a good yep. like 90s grunge way. Yep. Yeah. Okay. After the song ends and the night wraps up, Howard is asleep in the garbage can when Leah Thompson comes walking by. Crimped hair. She's carrying her guitar and she's wearing like a punk outfit. And mm. I wrote two quote thugs? Question mark. I wrote, why is she being attacked by Tears for Fears? <laughs> Bingo. <laughs> they jump out. Tears for Fears jumps out. And instead of appearing menacing, they act like they just had three cans of Jolt Cola. <laughs> They're like all bubbly and wound up. One's like, oh, can I have your autograph, Rockstar? Oh, yeah, on my pants, on my pants. It was so weird. The casting director needs to be fired. Like, this casting director. That is not the only person on the set. Like, that is not the only person on the set that needs to be fired. They should be public enemy number one, this casting director. Okay. So these menacing tears for fears look like. (laughs) Push Leah against the garbage can, which happens to contain Howard. And I have to say, like, I'm not. I would not be afraid of these two. No. Not at all. You just I feel like if you just slapped them in the face hard, they would leave. They call her snot-nosed. <laughs> Don't go snot-nosed on us. We're your biggest fans. <laughs> Suddenly, Howard wakes up, jumps out of the garbage can, and using quack foo saves Leah. I have a I have a thing about quack foo, I wanna say. <laughs> we grew up every Sunday with you know, family dinners at Graham's house, whatever. Dad, grandpa, one of our uncles would all be around TV laughing and watching the three stooges. I learned a lot about the three stooges. This is exactly what quack foo is. Quack foo is like <laughs> poke somebody in the eyeballs, slap them. They spin around, you trip them. It's very, very three stooges. Right, Jenny? Slapstick comedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not martial arts. It is not martial arts in any way. It's not even martial arts adjacent. (laughs) (laughs) The quote unquote gang leaves and Leah and Howard start chatting about the planet. He's confused and she explains he's on Earth and she must be in some nightmare. And I wrote, we're all in this nightmare. I mean, Howard beat up Tears for Fears. You forgot to mention that. (laughs) 
He did. He did. So he's already doing favors for the earth. She starts to walk away and then realizes Howard will be sleeping on the street in the rain. So she invites him back to her apartment. Well, and like, aren't ducks a little like waterproof? Doesn't like water roll off their feathers? Oh my God. You're asking me about science and biology? And she had a kid's umbrella. I just want to state that for the record. Um, no shade there. I walk across campus a lot with my kid's umbrella. I at one point had a Dora umbrella. <laughs> it's okay. Nice. Whatever umbrella's in and my she, car. She, But she asks if he has a place to go like like five minutes after he asks what planet he's on. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think, genius? He doesn't have a place to go. Her apartment is a shithole and Howard calls her out on it. And she says her band's manager found it for her and he's a bad guy who won't even pay them what he owes them. Someone's paying this band? <laughs> then she calls him a pet, which is, she said, well, she she implies he's a pet, mm-hmm. which is so insulting. The, Jenny, her band's name is Cherry Bomb. I can't. I don't even want to address mm-hmm. that. Her name is Beverly, but since it took 15 minutes into it to reveal the name of the main character, guess what? I'm calling her Leah Thompson. <laughs> so that's happening. Yeah, she offers him milk in a bowl and, like, calls him a pet, and he asks for a beer. She's like, I never had a pet before, and he's like, I don't drink out of a bowl. Can I have a beer? I wrote that he's written, like, some kind of cross between Archie Bunker and Andrew Dice Clay. Like, he calls women toots and doll, and he calls beer brewski. I have an index card. Go ahead, put in your little music. Here it is. index card is on where did Howard the Duck come from? The trash can? (laughs) (laughs) Actually, like this movie ruined Howard the Duck, but Howard the Duck was actually a comic book character created by Steve Gerber in the 70s and Duck World number six was the basis for the script. It actually had a huge counterculture following in the 70s, so much so that Howard the Duck's fictitious political party, All Night Party, pulled in thousands of write-in votes in the 1976 presidential election. Holy shit. (laughs) Disney sued them over similarities to Donald Duck, which is why Howard now wears pants. Oh, okay. There were 27 issues total, and it's considered the first feature film by Marvel. Wow. Oops. Oops. Wow. Yeah. They went on to do better things. Thank God. I mean, the bar was low. Wow. Okay. But yeah, he was he was actually like, you know, kind of had a cult following comic book and he was like snarky and crazy. I mean, some things are just better left on paper. Yep. It could definitely yep. work as a comic book genre, but no, not this. Howard starts to tell Leah a little bit about himself. He said he went to med school for a while and then dropped out. And then he wrote songs at night and did construction during the day. And then he finally grew up and took a real job doing copying, copywriting. And I wrote that Leah Thompson may deserve an Academy Award for this performance. Why? Because like she, she doesn't have. She has to seem interested in this. But I'm dying because, like, consider what's happening, right? <laughs> if you can, like, doesn't she have bigger questions than why did you drop out of college? Like, I would have bigger fucking questions for this alien. Like, you've met intelligent yeah. life yeah. from another planet, and you want to know why they dropped out of college. <laughs> the fuck and then she's like maybe you sold out and he's like well you know sometimes i still think there's a destiny for me to fulfill and she like buys into that 
And then he falls asleep and she goes through his wallet and again finds all like duck, human adjacent duck things like blooming ducks. Can I just say that I want to work in the pun department for this film? I know. I know. Wait, wait. It gets creepier, Jenny. She finds a condom. I know. And I had a lot of questions about that, but I physically stopped my mind from going there and backed up and backed up because I can't. (laughs) She finds a condom. She's going to save him, ma'am. She's going to save him. Oh, my God. And I wrote. And you know what? Go ahead. I have a friend who will remain nameless, but some people who listen to this will know who I'm talking about, who I can completely imagine going to her place one day and meeting an alien duck that she's going to save. Like, this would totally happen. Mm. Okay. Totally happen. All right. Yeah. Like, she's going to save him. This is it. She's bought in. I just wrote in big letters, like, stop making him, stop sexualizing him. So you were saying stop sexualizing the alien duck. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) The next day, Leah and Howard are in the back of a cab and she has him in a garbage bag, which I thought was pretty funny. (laughs) They're going to see her friend who is who's a scientist, and oh my freaking god, it's Tim Robbins! I love Tim I Robbins. Love him, the same <laughs> man who writes down Shawshank Redemption on his resume, writes down Howard the Duck. I know. Whew. And he has a big part in it. I mean, yeah. Wow. Tim Robbins' character's name is Phil, and he's, like, freaking out. He doesn't know what to make of Howard, which I feel like is an appropriate reaction. Oh, you know what else he was in? What? Mystic River. Oh, my God. Yes, he was. Such oh a good movie. Oh, my God. One of my favorite movies of all time. Sean but Penn. But, yes, Tim oh. Robbins. Tim Robbins is having the right reaction to this. <laughs> yes. So he tries even, like, speaking duck to Howard. <laughs> And then he thinks maybe Howard has superpowers and he's like testing him. And Howard's like, I just want to go home. (laughs) Then Phil, which is Tim Robbins character's name, Phil. Remember, because it gets super annoying as it as it turns into Philzy later. Phil is blabbering on about the evolutionary ladder and how on Howard's planet, which, you know, doesn't take someone with a scientific degree to put this. He has a revelation about this. I know. The beginning of the ladder was probably a prehistoric duck. Uh, you think? Man, how'd you figure that out, dude? You're Einstein. Even me, with my little poetry degree, put that one together. All right. Yeah. Then some dude yells at Phil to clean the lab, and it's revealed he's a lab assistant. Howard makes some crack like, what are you, a janitor? The voice. I can't with the voice. All right. Leah and Howard leave, and as they walk out of the museum... Oh, wait, and did you get that little part where Phil's like, I'm saving up to open my own museum. Who opens up their own museum? Not a scientist. Not a scientist. All right, a woman sees him and screams, and I wrote, that's appropriate. Howard is pissed. He says to Leah, if you were blasted to another planet and given an IQ test by a janitor, you'd be pissed off too. Fair. And then Leah suddenly goes, I'm upset too because my career is falling apart. What? Like, this is what she's worried about. There's an alien living in her house. (laughs) And this is what she's worried about. She's got her friend Darwin. That's like, hey, this is like another species from another planet. Yep. yep. And she's worried about her fucking career. Yep. All right. So they do the big. Howard, of course, does the big. I don't need you anymore. Goodbye. I don't need you. I'm going to be just fine on this planet where yep. people think I'm a freak. And Jenny, what do you think now that Howard is on his own? 
What do you think his top priority is? He's on a new planet. Getting a job? Yeah, going to the unemployment office, right? <laughs> but I mean, if there's any place he's going to fit in, right? It's going to be like a, a, an office, like a city office, True. right? He figures he needs to focus on getting a job. So he heads down the unemployment office where an angry woman thinks he's dressed like a freak just to troll her. And that he doesn't like, want to have a job. I'm like, then why did he voluntarily walk into the unemployment I, office? I like I actually like her. I think she's hilarious. I like her too. She's like, you come in here looking all controversial. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this gets weirder because Jenny, where does he get a job? He gets a job at an illegal sex spa. <laughs> <laughs> in this sex spa. There is a literal broken spa, a broken jacuzzi jet. So a terribly sweaty man, who I guess is the owner or manager, picks Howard up and throws him into a jacuzzi where people are having sex right next to him. Howard cries that he can't swim and later quits the job. I I, I can't even believe I wrote these sentences. This place is so gross. I was calling that dude Hepatitis Harry. Like, it was just (laughs) disgusting. It had like a fog... You know what? I'm going to tell you something. You know what it reminded me of? Hmm. It's like a place that has carpet in the bathroom. Where are you that there's carpet in the bathroom? Oh, the 1970s. (laughs) (laughs) Ew. And then there was that pit of, like, sewage? Like, what is going on at this place? It was so weird and and disgusting. And people are, like... They're having quasi-sex out in the hallway on a chair, but, like, nothing's really happening. But they're, like, college kids, too. Like, it's not the seedy scene you'd be expecting. It was so strange. So, in the beginning, when the guys were calling Leah, when when Tears for Fears were beating on Leah Thompson, (laughs) and they were calling her snot-nosed, I thought maybe they did that because they didn't want to get an R rating. Right? Yeah, they this is her PG bitch 13. or anything. It's a PG thirteen rating, strangely somehow. But then yeah. we're in a, like essentially a dirty whorehouse. <laughs> like the things don't. There's no. It doesn't make sense, right? Well, I don't know why you're trying to make sense of this because you're just gonna struggle. <laughs> I guess so. Okay. Howard is then wandering the streets, homeless. When he comes across televisions in a storefront, and I wrote, this is such a thing in 80s movies. The televisions in the storefront. Yep. Right? Like, I I guess that was really a thing in bigger cities. Yeah, it was a good vehicle to, like, move the plot along. Yeah, like, but but I'm saying it was probably real, right? Like, that was probably a thing in New York City. You could walk past an electronic shop and see TVs in the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He sees a report on duck hunting. And freaks out and runs away. I don't understand, like, and I looked this up, but there wasn't a lot of information around it because they were probably like, what are you talking about? Like, Google was like, what What the hell? I mean, the only duck hunt you and I were doing was on the Nintendo at this point. Nintendo. Mm-hmm. But I was like, is duck hunting big in the middle of Cleveland? Like, it seemed like they were really focused Later, on Later, there's like a duck hunting parade. I know. Yeah. I think that's totally fabricated. Oh, you think, Jen? You think? Yeah. All right. Um, he finds himself back by the bar where Leah is singing and he's like staring at her. Oh, God. He overhears as he's in the bar standing there. And again, nobody reacting. 
He overhears the horrible manager that Leah has mentioned to him before and witnesses some overt bad behavior. Like these guys, again, dressed like the Lost Boys, are standing around <laughs> doing the literally doing the evil laugh. Yeah. One of them says to the manager, here's the money for the girls. And the manager's like, ah, yeah, I'll uh, make sure they get this when when uh, Leah Thompson stops holding out on me. Ho, 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 ho. And they're all like, ho, 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 ho. Wow. Wow. Yeah, there's some great writing here. <laughs> Howard approaches this group of supervillains and demands the money for Leah and her band. And a big fight ensues and Howard wins by using quack foo. Coupled with the threat of space rabies. Well, God, first of all, they, they, pick, they pick him up. I have thoughts on that. But first of all, <laughs> they pick him up. They throw him down the bar and knock everyone's drink off the bar. And I don't know what bars you've been to, but if someone fucking trashed everyone's drink, They're- I feel like that whole crowd would kill this man. Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, space rabies. And I just have to say... That you see how easy it will be for an alien to take over the world if we aren't properly educated in science. Yeah, it's pretty bad. It's just because rabies is not real. It's pretty bad. The manager's name is Ginger, and he, in front of the whole bar, lets the girls out of their contract. But strange... Because Howard the Duck is pulling his earring. (laughs) Right. But strangely, the girls don't hear any of this. Okay. I have another question. Go ahead. Is Howard the Duck like Matthew McConaughey on his planet? Like, I kind of got that vibe. Do not come for Matthew <laughs> McConaughey. Do not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm just saying, is he like, is he like that cool on okay, his planet? Right. That cool and sexy? I don't know. Maybe. Oh <sighs> don't bring up Matthew McConaughey on a random <laughs> Wednesday morning. Trigger, trigger. Okay. Howard finds the girls in the band backstage and he knocks on the door and the rest of the band is like, oh, we've heard so much about you. Oh, cool. What's up, Howard? Jen, how would you react if one of your friends told you a duck saved their life as they were being threatened by Tears for Fears and they were staying at your apartment? How would you react? (laughs) Um, If the friend I'm referring to told me, I would not be shocked at all. If any of my other friends told me, I'd be like, are you okay? Do you need a CAT scan? (laughs) Do you need a CAT scan? (laughs) Leah says she's missed him. And he's like, well, sex appeal. Some men got it. Some men don't. And he's like touching the women inappropriately. Yeah. Matthew McConaughey. No. 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 (laughs) Andrew Dice Clay. Oh, God. Wow. So he's creepy and... Yeah, okay. Matthew McConaughey is a gentleman and a poet. All right, whatever. Okay. Phil shows up with some beer and pizza. And he... goes off the rails. (laughs) And he sees uh, Howard and he goes crazy. And he's like, I was talking to an astrophysicist. Not a real thing, Not a real thing. Not a real thing. You know, the guys that figured out that the Aztecs came from Mars... And they said Howard must have arrived here millions of years ago and remained frozen in ice. Eh, wrong. All of this is wrong. wrong. Yeah. Howard announces. I mean, Go ahead. <laughs> there's, there's so many overarching wrong things, but <laughs> astrophysicist. I almost died when I heard that. Astrophysicist. Yeah, that's what I said. Astrolo. Howard and Astrophysicist. Right, they're real. real. 
Howard announces to the girls that he got them out of their contract and they're relieved. And I have a note here, Jenny. Who was the producer of all those boy bands that took all of their money? You know who I'm like talking the, about? Millie Vanilli? No, 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 no. Like in sync. Oh, like you're like I'm gonna know the answer to that question. Pause. The man I'm thinking of is Lou Pearlman. He was an American record producer. He was the creator of 1990s boy bands such as Backstreet Boys and NSYNC. And in 2006, he was accused of running one of the largest and longest running Ponzi schemes in history, leaving more than $300 million in debt. Yep. And he died in prison in 2016. So so is this what we're dealing with, with this ginger? Is he like the next Lou Pearlman? He's feeling he's not that smart. He's going to create Cherry Bomb (laughs) and then take all their money. First of all, I know plenty of local musicians. Jenny, you do too. They're not making a ton of money playing in these dive bars. So I don't know why Ginger's wasting his time extorting them. All I know is I want a circular Italian food object. What? Oh, the pizza. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He calls the pizza a circular Italian food object. Okay. Phil reveals that he's about to meet with the scientist and he needs a feather and he plucks one from Howard's tail. Hmm. Forced DNA test. Yeah, I don't know what's happening there. Back at Leah's apartment, Howard starts playing the piano. It's actually more of a synthesizer. And he begins... It is actually a synthesizer. And he begins dancing. Leah catches him and laughs and she tells Howard maybe he could be their manager. And he's like, nope. But then, Jenny, what does she do? She undresses in front of him. Because why wouldn't you? I know. Because why? <laughs> so strange. And he's like, oh, whoa. I'm developing a new appreciation for the human female form. And he literally uh, howls. Uh, oh, God. And what, what is her reaction to this? Not like, get the fuck out of my house, weirdo. It's, oh, Howard, you're really the worst. Come sit next to me in bed. Oh my god, I can't. Yeah, she asks him to climb in bed and he starts hitting on her. Why would you ask this horned up weirdo to get into bed with you? <laughs> I mean, there's so... I don't even know where to start with this. I mean, like, she's practically forcing herself on a duck. Well, she, like, uh, re-examine your life, Leah Thompson. <laughs> she calls his bluff and she starts, like, feeling him up and seducing him and suddenly he's screaming No. I'm realizing how many of these 80s movies have, like, like things that 13-year-olds do sexually. Like, oh, yeah. You know what I mean? 13, 14. Like, when you're, like, just learning about that stuff, they have full-fledged adults doing these things. <laughs> like, what? what is with the stunted growth? I don't understand. Well, and then for one brief, dark minute of my life, <laughs> I was like, why is she throwing herself at him? Like, did you see that condom? And then I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is a duck. <laughs> <laughs> Like no, no, Amy, no. Like I'm open minded, but what scale is this? This is like there's this isn't like a Kinsey scale. Where is minded? But not only is this weird, but there's a power dynamic here. Yeah, he's like homeless and penniless, providing his shelter and yeah. All right. So she says she's kidding and leans in to give him a kiss, and as she does, three random men walk into her apartment. And one is the bad guy from Ferris Bueller. 
he is every villain in the 80s yep. and he I love and it. he's the bad guy from beetlejuice i don't know if he's the bad guy from beetlejuice but he's in beetlejuice and you guys know who we're talking about the red-headed dude he's the principal in ferris as soon as he shows up i'm like this is not good this is not good <laughs> you can't trust that man phil introduces phil's one of the guys and he introduces the men as someone and dr jennings Phil says he told the men about Howard and they want to help. And I'm like, no, this is not going to be good. None of this is good. Dr. Jennings, who's the principal from Ferris Bueller, says he knows how Howard got here. He figured it out. See, he's in charge, Jenny, of an astrophysicist lab. And on the night of September 8th, they were initiating a test of a laser spectroscope. and Which is a real thing. And it, You know what a laser, a, a, spectroscope? a laser spectroscope is? No. It's the thing that in car like that when you get laser engraving, that's what does okay. it. So like when you get your trophy engraved, it engraved. Uh, I've never that. had trophy engraved. So, oh, that's yeah. true. Sorry, yeah. let me think of something else. <laughs> um, yeah, when you get like when you dog get engraved, tags engraved. <laughs> when you get in, yeah, like when you got Nelly's like tag engraved, okay. that's a laser okay. stethoscope. It was meant to measure the gases around the Alpha Centauri, but things went wrong. The beam malfunctioned and hit Howard's planet instead. And Howard says, okay, so you have the answer, so we need to get back to the lab, right? But Phil, Tim Robbins, would rather Howard stay on Earth than appear on Good Morning Cleveland. And maybe, Jenny, just maybe, they could get the cover of Science Digest. Well, and their technobabble game is terrible. Like, that is the worst technobabble I've ever heard. It made no sense. It's all really bad. And then in a a callback to uh, Little House on the Prairie... Howard says, but I'll four eyes. Wow, I missed that mm-hmm. one. Jennings. I did catch the, I did catch the, um, I could have been a contender. <laughs> the on the waterfront reference. <laughs> Jennings says it might be possible, but of course, Jenny, they have to go tonight while the alignment is still good. Oh, God. Leah's sad to see him go, to see Howard go, and she gives him the quote Polaroids we took at the club. Didn't see this. Oh, boy. And tells him how much she'll miss him. Oh, man. Yeah. I feel like I just need a break to digest what's happened. Okay. In the back of the van on the way to the studio, Leah and Howard are talking about how much they'll miss one another. And sentimental music is playing. He says, of all the alleys I fell into, why yours? You're making it so hard for me to leave. I half expect him to be like, oh, you're making it hard, toots. Oh, God. Yeah. Really, Jenny? Would that be? No, it would be right. It's possible. The van pulls up to the lab. Okay. The van pulls up to the lab, but there's no guard and shit is like exploding. Nope. (laughs) They enter. Right. Like turn around. They enter the building and a bunch of alarms are going off and suddenly a terrible actor bursts through the door and says, calmly says, my eyes, my eyes, it exploded again. We have no right to tamper with the universe. My cadence there is pretty much what was conveyed on screen. This kind of reminded me of the scene, that ape scene from 2001 Space Odyssey when they go onto the abandoned ship and that the apes are going crazy and they're like, oh my God. Nope. But like, but really, but like bad, mm-hmm. not good. Mm-hmm. That's what it reminded me of. His face is half burned off, yet he's like super <laughs> calm. It's really weird. Howard shrugs and says, this does not bode well. Hmm. 
Okay. They walk into the lab. Shit's exploding in there. People are screaming and running. And some rando explains that Dr. Jennings, the bad guy from Ferris Bueller, was blasted by a laser. (laughs) So he was engraved. (laughs) I'm just going to go through this next scene. Bear with us, people. Like, buckle in. All I have for the next scene is this took a turn, which is saying a lot considering where we started. The cops show up and they think Howard is wearing a duck suit. They start manhandling him and they arrest him as a, quote, illegal alien. Howard is alone in the room with the cop and he throws. Okay, there happens to be a lit cigar there. Howard picks it up, throws it into a trash can. like, look, fire. And the cop puts the whole half of his body into this small garbage can to see what has caused the fire. And as he does, Howard quack-foos him, and he and Leah Thompson escape. (laughs) Then they hide. There's a bunch of bad actors pretending to be cops. They give a shoot-to-kill order. Then they're running, and they bump into Dr. Jennings, and he looks like he was electrocuted. He seems okay at first, but he starts groaning. The three of them escape in Jennings' car. And Jennings, like, keeps repeating that something is wrong. My insides are transforming. My organs are being eaten. And, okay. <laughs> they end like almost crashing into a diner that is named Joe Roma's Cajun Sushi Diner. And I have a thought here. I mean, they say, oh, you just need a coffee. And, like, I can kind of relate. Like, sure. <laughs> that's kind of how I get in the morning. But they're like, you just need a coffee. And yeah, I was like, what is this place? But what I just summarized for you took 20 minutes. Oh, I to know. Happen on I watched screen. it. This movie it. could have been 20 minutes shorter if when minutes. they ran into Dr. Jennings after he was electrocuted, if he right then seemed evil. Yeah, like they go to this weird ass sushi hibachi oh, I have diner. Notes here. I have notes here. They go into the diner and they get Jennings a coffee since he's speaking in a sinister voice and telling them he's evil. And I wrote, this is Jenny after a night out. No, just if it's morning, just the morning. He convinces the staff he's a seeing eye duck and they get seated. Howard calls the waitress over with the whistle. Hey, honey, come here. Oh, my God. And she's stunned by how radical the costume is that Howard's wearing. Jennings is being all evil and Howard and Leah are like ignoring this. And I'm thinking, why is this out of the realm of possibility? You're sitting here sitting with the duck. Why do you not believe this man is turning evil? Well, he talks about how he is now a dark overlord of the universe. And I feel like this must have pissed off the Sith Lords. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, they were, you know, that was already a thing. They already had the dark Lords of the universe. He says, Jenny, that a beam hit the Nexus of Salmanus. It's a region where demons were exiled. Mm. And Howard and Leah are, like, making fun of him. And Leah's like, he's really sick. Like, this is weird. (laughs) We have this stupid scene where a waitress shows up and puts eggs in front of Howard and he freaks out because he's not a cannibal. And she says, hostility is a psychic boomerang. Oh, dear God. What the fuck does that mean? Jennings suddenly shoots laser beams from his eyes and makes the ketchup and mustard explode. Yes, I just wrote that sentence. I wrote, I didn't think this could get worse, but I was wrong. So then there's like this battle over this code key. Okay, I have to say something. This is essentially the plot of Ghostbusters, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so they, they finally, Howard and Leah are like, okay, maybe this is true. And, and then a big fight ensues and the entire diner gets involved. <laughs> and Howard is doing like quack foo. But then at one point, the entire diner has him tied to a table and they're going to season him and they're putting celery in his mouth because they're going to cook him. What? What? I mean, he is a dog. <sighs> Leah convinces Jennings to get involved and to save Howard. And I don't know, he electrocutes everybody, but he doesn't do it to <laughs> save Howard. He does it to get the code key. I mean, I feel like in this diner scene, like it went from a bad live action Roger Rabbit to like a high budget Evil Dead too. Jenny, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. I know, and I've watched soap operas for like fifteen years. This is okay. Did you re- did you remember this? I really didn't. I remember didn't it. remember it. I think yeah. I blacked it out. Um, I have Ooh. to tell you though that Leah calls Jennings a scum bucket. I know. I caught that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Bringing it back. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they escape and. Jennings oh no I'm sorry they don't escape Howard's knocked out and Jennings escapes with Leah so now he has the girl right of course so she's good now. in the truck on the way to the again this could have been 20 minutes shorter this movie could have been 40 minutes shorter in the truck on the way to the lab Jennings tells Leah he needs her body for the other overlords the cops show up at the diner they have Phil in the back of the car Howard finds him and explains they have to escape to go find Leah to chase Jennings and Leah Phil and Howard are looking for a way to get to the lab, Jen. And what do they choose? Some kind of weird bicycle with a lawnmower engine airplane. Sure, because there's an airplane sitting behind the diner. Back to Jennings and Leah in the truck driving. He spots a nuclear... Because of of course he has a nightmare 18-wheeler. Of course he does. Oh my god. Did you ever see the movie Duel? Duel? Yes. I don't even want to talk about it. It's traumatic for me. It's I can't talk about it. It's such a good movie. It was, oh what's his God. name? Spielberg. Oh, mm-hmm. so scary. Okay. He spots a nuclear plant and says he needs energy. I guess he eats energy. Whatever. Yes. Whatever. So he goes in there and he's like masquerading as a delegation from Washington who happened to be visiting and getting a tour of the nuclear plant. So they enter Sandman into the nuclear plant. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Totally. He gets what he needs and they're off to the science lab. Across town, Howard and Phil are flying a small aircraft and it's just ridiculous. And I don't know why Howard's flying it and not Phil. Because he has handcuffs on. Then I realized he had handcuffs on, which disappear well, later. Well, and first of all, like back at the nuclear plant, they have a metal gate that you would use to close a Spencer's. Yes, they um, do. Like a nuclear core. <laughs> so they just like blah, walk right through that, basically. <laughs> Like, that is the security. Like, does Homer Simpson work here? (laughs) Leah and Jennings make it to the lab after blowing through some cops at a checkpoint. Again, the flying scene is way too long. We go back to the flying airplane and they're like, you know, just trust your bird nest. I don't know. I wrote, was someone like, you know what would be funny? Let's see this duck flying a plane. Like, this literally goes on for 10 minutes. You know what's funny? They spent $36 million on this movie. I can't. I can't. Do you know how many kids are going through college for that amount? Do you know pre-K million, for like, like every kid in Ohio? Towns. Towns full of kids you could put through. <laughs> okay. Um, hey, George Lucas, you want to just take your money out into the street and burn it? Why don't you give me a call? I mean, that's what he did. Really that's what he did. 
that's basically what happened. Howard and he's calling Phil Filzy at this point, mm-hmm. and I want to throw everything I have at the TV. You, I watched this until one o'clock last night. Yeah, me too. It was bad. Um, did you watch part two, Jenny? Was there a part two? They set it up so there could be a sequel, but no. let's just say that never happened. Uh, Jenny, I have a post-it note. Oh boy. Okay. Hold on. Let the heavenly choir sing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the next time we see Howard the Duck was not until 2014 when he appeared in the special extra scene after the credits of Guardians of the Galaxy, also a Marvel production. He was also in Endgame. He made it a cameo in Endgame. Oh, God. Yeah. Ugh, gross. So he was dormant for a very long time. <laughs> a dormant duck. Howard and Philzy arrive at the lab just as Jennings has Leah on a table under a giant laser beam. Phil says he remembers a weapon stored in the defense lab. Okay, let me just walk you through what happens here. They run over and the door's locked. So Phil starts to put in a code and it blinks, not authorized. Howard just does a little spin kick, kicks the door open, and then the light blinks, authorized. That would not happen. Again, again great security. That would not happen. The, the, the security, the electronic security would not recognize a door being kicked open as authorized entry. No. Phil says the weapon is called the Neutron Disintegrator. And Jenny, it was developed for the Army, but of course it's never been tested. Well, and like, there's, I don't know what this thing is. I'm assuming it has something to do with free neutron decay. So when neutrons get outside of the nucleus, they become unstable. Maybe. Assuming that has something to do with it, but it's a gun. Okay. Phil says Howard will have to get into range without Jennings seeing him. Again, why is the duck doing this? Because at this point, Phil's handcuffs have disappeared. Yeah. Things go haywire and the gun is like on a cart of some kind that he can drive. (laughs) Again, somebody in the writer's room is like, no, it'd be funny. Let's make this duck drive. Well, it's like a mil. It's like a, a for the military. It's like a gun, and it's on like a golf cart, basically. Like mm-hmm. I don't understand what war you're going into. Yep. With that, Howard and Jennings have a standoff, and they shoot their beams at each other. <laughs> God. <laughs> Howard wins, and Jennings is restored to his body. No, 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 no. You've got the shield. Uh, the shield thing happened. I, I'm not gonna lie. I zoned out. <laughs> I was like, this is so bad. I can't even watch it. Go ahead, Jenny. Tell about so the show. Before, before they have the neutron disintegrator fighting <laughs> Jennings' weapon, the, the Jennings shoots his like telekinetic power at them. And 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 what's, his name? what's his name? Tim Robbins picks up a shield. <laughs> now, this, this beam blew up cars. Yes. Yep. He picks up a shield. Like an aluminum shield. Like not, like, like, not much. Yeah. And like reflects the beam and and like hits Jennings. And I'm like, is that the plague bearer from WoW? Like what shield is that? <laughs> then there's a, then there's some special effects by Industrial Light and Magic, George Lucas. Aim. Okay. So suddenly Sigourney Weaver's voice is counting down in the background. Because <laughs> she's the voice of the machine. <laughs> totally. <laughs> it's like this is such a trope of 80s movies it's like t minus four seconds till blast off or t minus four minutes till total annihilation but it's sigourney weaver saying it i don't know I if it really is but it is 
And what is the inspiration for this beast? Like, it's a little tremors. It's a little garbage snake. Oh, God, the garbage snake. It's a little lobstery. It's a little scorpion. Yeah, this creature appears, and it's, like, huge. And it's, I don't know. And the effects are terrible. I don't know what it is. Terrible. They don't know what it is, but they all realize, like, they got to do something. So I just sat there stunned for 10 minutes during this. I'll admit it. I have nothing else written down, Howard hits the creature with the neutron disintegrator and kills it. And then they realize they have to destroy the machine. But in doing so, Jenny, Howard will lose his only way home. I feel like it gets all Stranger Things at that moment. A little bit. A little bit. So he makes the choice and destroys the machine. They knock, It knocks him out, and they think he's dead. And Leah Thompson's, like, gushing all over his body. And that's it. Fair. Okay, now the end scene. Such a, weird, such a weird third date. So this music starts to play, and in the end, we see Leah's band playing what appears to be a huge crowd. <laughs> Howard is now their manager, and she dedicates a song to him called Howard the Duck. And I... <sighs> Would like to use my poetry background to read these lyrics to you, Jenny. You ready? Uh, Sure. And you guys know that I cannot rewind the Roku. So I literally paused and wrote down every line as she sang it. Okay. Get that planet on the phone. Ain't no time to waste. Tell him he ain't coming home. Done join the human race. Wow. I'm not done. They call him Howard the Duck. No way to conceal it. With a feathered touch, I love him apart. They call him Howard the Duck. If it ain't funk, he don't feel it. And he shot an arrow straight to my heart. He saved the human race. They call him Howard the Duck. Um, I, I didn't think there could be worse writing than this movie but that mm-hmm. song is it mm-hmm. and i wrote well they don't call him howard that's his name well the whole thing too is like i feel like with all the material that she just had like just accumulated from this experience like explosions runaway mac trucks demons giant machine guns like she couldn't write a better heavy metal album I know. she has to write about howard the duck like i get dumped for somebody else and i have you know three books in me about it you just went through this experience and you can't write a poem or a song that makes sense? There are no words for this movie. Howard then accidentally ends up on stage playing guitar. And it's just bad. It's all bad. It's all bad. And then it ended and my prime said, up next, Dead Poet Society. And I was like, yes, thank God. You're, yes. you're like, I just need to do to watch that to cleanse my brain. <laughs> so everyone, that was Howard the Duck. I was You're literally welcome. dumber after watching this. What? I was literally dumber after watching oh this. You're welcome, guys. I was just like, I can't. Like, where where did we go wrong? Like, I feel like our podcast has gone off the rails. That we're watching this shit? Of this. <laughs> like, what do we do? So, at the end of every movie we watch, if we call this a movie, at the end of every experience. <laughs> experience. This was an experience. Jenny and I will look back and reflect on the material and kind of figure out, you know, something that we took from it or maybe a way that it impacted us that we may or may not have been aware of. We call it our why. So Jenny, what is your why for this movie? So because I didn't remember this, 
Like I really did. I must have blocked it out of my mind. That's the only thing I can think of. Um, my why is a little different. It's kind of um, like in the moment instead of like why this impacted me as a youth. Okay. Um, as a youth. This, as a youth. As a youth. This is why you never, ever, 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 ever compromise your artistic integrity, George Lucas. <laughs> like how did this happen? This This was after he did Star Wars, Indiana Jones, American Graffiti. In the same year, he produced Labyrinth. Wow. How did this fucking happen? So the actual director is a friend of Lucas's, or should I say was a friend of Lucas's? I would never talk to that guy again. <laughs> he never made a feature film again. Mm-hmm. This was supposed to be animated. This was like supposed to be like an animated thing by Industrial Lights and Magic, which maybe would have had a chance. I mean, the mm-hmm. writing's terrible, so I don't think he could have overcome that. But like, I, like maybe it would have been less cheesy, but still horribly written. But a contractual obligation required Lucas to provide the distri- the distributor with a live action film. So he picked this. So they one? changed. So they changed the original surrealist elements that would have been in the comic book to supernatural and just went to town. See it. Do you remember what the budget was? I said it's thirty six thousand. And guess million. what? It grossed million. Or t- it's <laughs> easy mistake. Yeah, thirty six million. Thirty six thousand would explain a lot. <laughs> And even then, um, Mia Thompson like, was overpaid. No, you know what's weird? I feel like they almost could have made a better movie if it had a $36,000 budget. Maybe. Like, I feel like they almost had too much money for it, and it made it worse. Yeah, maybe. Guess what it grossed worldwide? Oh, God. $5. $37 million. Oh, worldwide. you're kidding. So, basically, they did all of this for, for nothing. nothing. <laughs> so, my why, Jenny... Is this is why our entire generation was terrified of lasers? <laughs> lasers oh, were, were we? Lasers were such a thing in the eighties. We saw them in Star Wars, Ghostbusters, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, Real Genius, and a bunch um, of other was, movies. That was a shrink ray, but it was a laser. Honey. Sure, fine. We really believed, like, you know how we've we've talked in the past about how we thought quicksand was going to be a thing. Mm-hmm. We thought going over a waterfall was going to be a thing. We thought lasers were going to be a thing. I mean, you have you can't th- think about lasers and not think about, like, Austin Powers. <laughs> <laughs> Sharks with laser beams, which I think they were covering. Yeah. You know, that yep. irony. I-, yeah. I said we really believed lasers were going to be a thing in the future. And while they are. They're, they're very, very they're radically different than they were portrayed yeah. in the eighties. They're more, they're more industrial. And wasn't what um, was that movie with weapons? What was that movie? War games? Is it no? That's the one where he's playing the video game and he launches all the nuclear. Codes. Yeah, wasn't there a laser in that? Mm, no, no, I don't think okay. so. Nope, that was a good movie. I liked. I that liked movie. it too. Wasn't that Matthew Broderick? Yeah, I think so. Um, so I just, I really took a lot of laser imagery away from this. And I do think it is so similar to Ghostbusters. It is. It's like a couple movies wrapped together. Ghostbusters is definitely one of them. Yeah. Yeah. I think that um, the CGI, if you would call it that loosely, <laughs> uh, is similar. But I think Ghostbusters, because it has such a better cast... Yeah, it it's better written. Better. Yeah. Oh, the I mean, the effects weren't great on this, but the writing is what ruined it. Like, it's just <laughs> terrible writing. <laughs> the Lost Boys <laughs> make several cameos in this movie. Like, 
Like, I wonder who the costume designer was on this. Billy Idol. <laughs> I think I saw Billy Idol. <laughs> the the casting director, the costume designer, all of the writers. These people need to never work in Hollywood again. But I mean, which probably happened. But I mean, like, even if you had the greatest costume designer on earth, like, it's not going to work. It's not going to hold up in this. What's going to hold up against this dialogue? <laughs> Nothing. So that's our coverage of Howard the Duck. Hope you enjoyed Gen X. This is why blockbusters. We're having a lot of fun doing these, um, except, you know, you have to watch shit like Howard the Duck. Um, if anybody can defend this movie, you know, Jenny and I would really like to hear from if you. you. Like, if you think this is great, I want to hear from we you. We want to hear from you. Send us your mailing address. <laughs> um, reach out to us and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Our handle is Gen X. This is Y. Letter X spell out the Y. Uh, again, we just launched our Mimi B's Facebook group. It's it's growing now, Jenny. It's at nine. Wow. Nine you people. You have nine friends, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. half of which are my friends. Uh, we're doing some giveaways in there. We're going to share, you know, upcoming projects. So hopefully it'll be a fun place to be, if not a little lonely. Um, all right. Thanks. And we'll see you next time. Hi, everyone. Amy here. Thanks again for listening to our podcast. We really appreciate it. To best support us, please consider subscribing, sharing, and leaving a review on Apple iTunes or anywhere you listen. You can connect with Jenny and me through our Facebook group, The Mimi Bees. You can find information on The Mimi Bees and all other projects by liking us on Facebook or Instagram at Gen X This Is Why. Letter X, spell out the Y. Thanks again. See you soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.